And I didn't expect that journey of the toddler phase for life. I love her. I can't imagine any other journey than the journey that I'm on because this has been a beautiful journey too. Thank you, brave friends, for tuning in to episode 102. This is our story episode with Billy Short. This is Jessica Pate, your host of Brave Together Podcast. families with children with disabilities and all types of unique and extra needs, there's a lot of day-to-day details that most people don't know much about. Odd things that are mundane and mandatory for us, but might seem strange and confusing for others. For example, in the Pate household, our kitchen cupboards and refrigerator are locked shut. This is a must to keep our son Ryan safe. In other homes, it might be many locks and alarms and cameras because kids are escape artists and runners. And for that family, it's just part of day-to-day life. In some families, there might be very specific music or very specific clothing or very specific food that kids can only tolerate or What about lighting? What about noise? What about what do typical families take for granted to keep our kids safe or calm or to reduce sensory overload or pain or unneeded difficulty? These little or big staples of daily life mean the world for families with children who have disabilities In this episode, Billy Short, who is one of our support group leaders, shares her gratitude for a staple of their household, one the Short family has held for decades. This is her story of gratitude for a band that if you've had kids, you might just recognize. This morning, Todd and I were trying to reset Emily's TV. Nothing we did seemed to restore YouTube. How will we survive without the wiggles? Todd and I realized we said, we. Our family has weathered many seasons and the wiggles have been by our side. They were there from the beginning. Justin danced and sang hot potatoes as I nursed Emily. Each morning started with an episode of the wiggles before we headed out on our daily adventures. Each day was normal. Each day was typical. When Emily was three months old, we knew something was off. Emily would not coo or smile. Emily could not seem to hold her head up. She was not gaining weight and threw up most of what she took in nursing. As we began our journey on our not-so-typical life, the Wiggles came along for the ride. Anthony, Murray, Jeff, and Greg traveled with us via a portable DVD player to countless appointments and therapies. They were there when doctors thought Emily might have cystic fibrosis. They were there when she had MRIs, genetic testing, CAT scans, and blood draws. They were there when the doctor told us Emily probably had a genetic disorder, but we may never get a diagnosis. They came to each appointment and helped soothe Emily as she was poked and prodded. They calmed her down when my love and touch were not enough. 
I met Billy actually through my sister, Linda, because Billy is a life coach and I was seeking out new leaders and posted something. And so my sister thought of Billy right away because they had been in a coaching class together and it was love at first sight. Billy is a wonderful human being and such a great addition to the We Are Brave Together team. She heads up our support group for Long Beach and North Orange County. And her daughter, Emily, is a young adult without a diagnosis. Billy just seems to thrive and find joy in the midst of it all. When Emily began preschool, she would get easily overwhelmed. She would barely last an hour before I would get a call that she was inconsolable. Each day I would go pick her up. I planned each morning around the anticipation of that call. I did not dare go home. One day the principal asked what calmed Emily down. I told him that the only thing that seemed to work was a quiet space and the wiggles. The next day the principal showed up with a pack and play, a DVD player, and a Wiggles DVD. He set everything up in a small room that was adjacent to the main class. When Emily got overstimulated and overwhelmed, the teacher was instructed to take Emily to the adjacent room. She plopped Emily into the pack and play, dimmed the lights, and turned on the wiggles. Something magical happened that day. I did not get a call. I got four hours of respite. I cried just thinking about the effort that that principal made to comfort Emily and help her adapt to school. Eventually, Emily would make it through the day without a quiet room and the wiggles. But once she got home, she wanted the wiggles again. At bedtime, they were the lullaby music that lulled her to sleep, and they still do. The wiggles have always been the one thing that would calm Emily and bring her to a happier emotional state. As she grew, they were her friends. Really, they were her only friends. She interacted with the characters on TV like they were right there with her. She would dance and smile as Captain Feathersword would say, blow me down and fall to the ground. She would groove to do the monkey and hot potato again and again and again. <laughs> when Justin was off to sleepovers and playdates with his real friends, Emily's friends were the ones inside the glowing box. The Wiggles have definitely been a part of the Patea family story. Ryan has been watching The Wiggles since he was little, and I know that Luke even watched The Wiggles when he was about two. We've known about The Wiggles. We've loved The Wiggles. We've hated The Wiggles. <laughs> We've gotten sick of The Wiggles for many, many years. And yet, when you see your kid light up because of a show, it warms a mother's heart. Salad. Yummy, yummy. Fruit salad. Almost 23 years later, the Wiggles are still the soundtrack of our home. For all the crap I sling at the Wiggles, they have been there for me too. They have stayed up with me all night when Emily has been sick. They have traveled with me to difficult appointments. They have entertained Emily when I'm exhausted or have chores to do around the house. They have never let me down either. I want to thank the Wiggles for continuing to delight children young and old with your catchy, corny songs, which I will never forget. Thank you for seeing my daughter and her diverse peers. Thank you for being a friend to my Emily. This mom is forever grateful for your support 
and your companionship on this unexpected journey. I wanted to chat with Billy about her journey as a mom and, of course, to fangirl the Wiggles together as they have been a staple of our home life, too, like I said. So we hopped on a call. Hi, Billy. Welcome to the show. Hi, Jessica. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. I've been a longtime listener and just working with you for the past several months and getting to know you more. I'm just excited for this opportunity to share. Thank you so much. Well, the Wiggles are a part of our family. <sighs> they still are. And um, what's interesting is Brian <laughs> has figured out, even though he's so cognitively impacted, he finds a way to download music somehow. So we have all this Wiggles music in our, I don't know, Apple Music library. Oh, I should consider myself lucky then. (laughs) Emily doesn't have those skills. So I'm going to say I feel a little extra special. At least I have some control still. You have none. (laughs) I don't. Yeah. we. I think we finally put some locks on things so he can't purchase through the TV because we have learned the hard way that he figured out how to purchase a bunch of baseball games for like $120. Oh, fantastic. We don't need to purchase baseball games from the past. We have streaming and we have the ability to see lots of new baseball, current baseball. I know. I I do understand that though, because I've kept cable for the reason that I want to make sure my DVR with the Wiggles stays intact because I do have some fear of not being able to access it. So maybe Ryan's just afraid that there won't be baseball when he needs it. Well, Your story resonated with me just because, like I said, the Wiggles have been a part of our life for a long time, and I understand the comfort that our kids get from something consistent and something that just stays with them through the years, and that's been the Wiggles for you. And the Wiggles actually even started before Emily was part of the picture because, you know, she has an older brother. So we started watching the Wiggles with my son. And when Emily was born, it just naturally came along with it. Maybe that was what she heard the most when she was young. Maybe that's kind of the background noise she was used to. And I never allowed my son to watch very much TV. So there was only like a little bit in the morning before we went out to have fun during the day and then maybe a little in the evening as I was prepping dinner and settling in. So she probably got used to that sound as just a comfort. But over time, it just became such an integral part of our lives to include the Wiggles. Uh, it was seems to be the only thing that's ever been able to truly calm her when she's agitated and upset. And because of her intellectual and developmental delays, it's really hard to know what's going to work. And that's just what we have found is a constant, like 95% of the time a quiet space and some wiggles is going to be the magic sauce in our home. Yes. And as a mom, I feel like there's a mix of emotions, which I I think came through in your story. You're grateful that there is something that you have that you can access that is calming, that is helpful, that is soothing. And You've heard it so many times, all those songs. You could probably recite verbatim all the episodes and Captain Feathersword's little things that he does and says, Blow me down. (laughs) (laughs) 
Exactly. Exactly. Um, you probably, I could probably say a few words and you'll just recite the whole episode or song. So it's maddening, right? When our kids have things on repeat, it's really trying. It just gets on your last nerve some days, right? And then there's also, I feel there's a little bit of the grief button that it pushes because as our child ages and ages and Ryan's almost 19, Emily is 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she'll be 22 in August. It also can hit those grief buttons because we see how young at heart and mind our kids are too. Yeah, I think it definitely hits the button of grief. And grief, I, I explain when you have a child with a disability, the grief comes in waves. And you've ta- in, I might think in anything grief comes in waves, but I don't think people understand the lifelong grief that does follow along when you have a child that especially a child that is severely severely disabled, which I would say Emily is. She cannot walk or talk or pretty much do anything for herself. So when I feel like her, this future that I saw for her was not for her to be watching Wiggles at almost 22 years old and those to be her only friends, truly her only friends and her comfort and support. You know, I expected college and her going off places and dating and making friends and all those things you grieve. And I think sometimes the environment that I live in, which is still very um, toddler. I mean, I'm living the toddler phase for life. Wow, Billy. And I didn't expect that journey of the toddler phase for life. And nobody does. Because when they're watching Barney for the 800th time, they know that there's a stop date. At some point, their child is not going to like Barney anymore. Right. But there's no expiration date in our home that I see. Oh, you just really, that's powerful. That's so true. I know there's a lot of moms listening who understand that. Yeah. And even moms of typical parents can probably say, hey, at least I know at some point I'm not going to have to do this anymore. It's like a lot of the things like waking up in the middle of the night. There's usually an end date for parents. But parents of disabled children don't always get that sleeping through the night ever. That's so true or the empty nest syndrome. There's a lot of things that I will never experience as a mom to a disabled child. And yet, Billy, you are such a positive, joyful light. So how do you rise up? I will tell you, it's taken a lot of thought work, a lot of practice of managing my mind. And I've shared this recently a few times, and it's going to sound kind of corny, but I say it takes just as much energy to be negative and down about my circumstances as it does to be positive and upbeat in spite of my circumstances. So the choice is, do I want to be down and sad and a martyr in my circumstances, or would I rather rise up and be positive and happy and joyful in my circumstances? And that's the choice that I make each day is that I'm going to create and find joy in this day, no matter how it starts. If it starts with dirty diapers and screaming and yelling and fighting my daughter like an alligator to get her dressed, that is not going to set the tone for the rest of my day. I'm going to rise above that and move forward. And I know because I've I've gotten to know you over the last several months and so grateful that our paths crossed. Um, I know that at the same time that you're positive and that you make these choices daily, you're also very honest 
about the hard parts of the journey. You don't do this like spiritual bypass where it's like, I'm good, I'm fine, I'm going to find what's what's good in the day and I'm grateful and not acknowledge what's real. You are authentic, Billy. Yes. If you read any of my blogs, if you read my posts, you're going to hear about the crummy stuff too. There's been a lot of challenges recently and I'm open about them because I feel like there's value. And I struggle sometimes sharing the really difficult stuff. It's really hard to put that out there. There's a certain amount of vulnerability that goes with exposing the dirty, ugly parts of parenting a disabled child. And you feel like you don't want to make your child feel or seem less than, and you don't want to feel like you're bashing your child because I love my daughter more than anything. I love her. I can't imagine any other journey than the journey that I'm on. I just can't. I almost get emotional thinking about that because this has been a beautiful journey too. It's just different than the one I planned. But there's a gift in letting others see that journey. There's a gift for others to learn. I agree. And we build such beautiful connections by being so open. What you are saying about there's no expiration date on the wiggles and there's a mom out there listening and she hears that, she needed to hear that because it's the same thing in her life, but it's something else. It's other than the wiggles that her child is not going to outgrow, right? And it resonates. I mean, it helps other people who are taking in your words feel seen and heard and understood. And I love that. And I love there's more opportunities today than when Emily was small for parents to be seen and heard. That is sometimes, I think, a grief that I have as well is, is that I didn't have, and you probably didn't have a lot of them either with Ryan being 19. We didn't have the ability and I also didn't have the strength that a lot of these young moms have and the, and the platforms that they have to really help change and help women be seen and parents be heard for our children to be seen and heard. So back then, Billy, take me back to the early years. Where did you go for support or where, were, where did you find other parents or moms? Unless they were kids that my daughter was in like an early intervention class with. But a lot of us, we were so new to all of this, and we didn't have enough information about even what our kids had, what their challenges were. There just wasn't the mass resources we have now. So we would try to meet up and have little get-togethers and support each other, but it was so inconsistent, and it just it didn't feel that need that was there. I feel like We Are Brave Together is definitely hitting a need that is out there. It was just really hard to form that kind of bond. And I know because of privacy, it's not like teachers or therapists can hand out lists. I wish they could. I wish they there was an effort to connect parents to one another in those early years. Like, oh, this child has a similar disability to your child. Why don't you two connect, have coffee, vent? Because sometimes that's what you need to do. Sometimes you just need to vent. You don't need anybody to fix anything, but you just want to share. And know that somebody's like, oh, yeah, I get it. I have had that same kind of day that you're having. I understand. So now that you're in this stage of life, the adult stage, which Ryan will get to be in the school district till he's 22. And after that, I think, oh, my goodness, right? It's very scary. If, if you could dream big for this adult stage of life, Billy, what would you dream that could be possible in terms of supports and resources? 
what I would dream. And as I'm going through this process of trying to find an adult program and getting that situated for Emily, I dream of more programs being available, more caregivers being available, not just more programs, but programs that support you through the entire day. What I'm finding is a lot of the programs are only four hours in the morning or four hours in the afternoon. As someone who works, I have a day job. I also write a blog. I also coach. I need more than four hours to get all of this done a day. And finding support and getting the resources for the support that's needed, that is something that really is going to need to grow in this country and probably even worldwide. I can only speak for, you know, I live in California. And we probably have some of the best resources in the United States. And it is still so lacking. I want a world where there's just more opportunities for our adults to be in the community, to have support other than their parents, and to be able to thrive and live and do the same things that their typical peers do. Adapted, but the same. Right. Just to have access to have adaptations, to have the support, to have the resources so that they could have meaningful, purposeful, joyful lives as adults. It's totally true. I'm Honestly, I've been meeting with a couple of friends that are in the same place that we are. We're like are creating this utopian place for our children that we want to build. I'm like, how can we make this happen? How can we have a place where they can thrive and they're swimming and there's PT and OT and they can live together and be, you know, served and sat and we get a break. It's it, right now. It's just a, it's a dream that I hope someday is a reality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm with you. I'm a big dreamer, as you know. I think visualization is like daydreaming for adults. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we have to, we have to. Because there are things that are around that weren't around 10 years ago, 20 years ago. So that gives me hope that some things can be created out of nothing and will be there for our kids. But we might have to be movers and shakers as well in the community to make things happen. That's what I'm learning more that I'm understanding from these younger parents that I have to be willing to be an advocate and put myself out there and be a vessel for some change. That's not a comfort zone for me. (laughs) I hear you. So let's go back to Emily and the Wiggles. Is this a part of her morning routine, afternoon routine, evening routine? It's part of everything, but I think more than anything, it's a background noise that she relies on in our home. So it's almost always on. She is the boss of our television. (laughs) And if it's on in the living room, she will still crawl into her room for it to be turned on in her her room as well. And then once it's on in there, she comes back into the living room. She wants to make sure there's wiggles all around us at all times. goodness. (laughs) And no one else can watch anything else. So when she is not home, everybody like binge watches whatever they want to watch. When she's not home or when she's asleep, we all get our TV and electronics time in, music, whatever we want to do, because that really is such a part of her life. And there is something else on the Wiggles that I really did want to mention. And I think this is important for parents. I didn't write about this in what I submitted to you guys. But in 2012, she got to go to a Wiggles show. I was petrified. It was their farewell tour. And this is where I want to tell parents, don't be afraid. Don't let your own fears stand in the way of giving your children opportunities. Because my fears 
almost kept me from doing it. My mom really forced me. She bought the ticket. She pushed me to take Emily to see the Wiggles at the Wiltern Theater in Los Angeles on a Sunday. Petrified. The thoughts in my head were, what if she throws a fit? She doesn't do well with acoustics. What if she screams? And we get inside the theater and they take us to the front row, not the back where our seats were. My anxiety rose. My fears rose. My anticipation of all that could go wrong came up. From the front row as the lights dimmed and each character came on stage, she just lit up brighter and brighter. And for 90 minutes, she was completely mesmerized. Not a scream, not an outburst, nothing. She completely blew me away with how well she handled that. And had I let my fears get in the way of that, she would not have had that experience. Each of the Wiggles came to her. She was in a section of young adults that are still fans. Each professed to be the biggest fan of the Wiggles. (laughs) When inside, I know Emily's the biggest fan, but I just went along with it. (laughs) And they all introduced themselves and they recognized her and they acknowledged her. And that was 10 years ago. (laughs) I mean, I feel so blessed to have taken that risk and just stepped into my own fears. So I challenge parents to do that. Oh, that's... That is a great way to wrap up. That's our kids exceed our expectations sometimes, and we have to give room for that. I'm I'm preaching to myself as I say that. Yes, because I'm one of those people who wants to avoid the possibility of the meltdown or the tantrum or the trigger or it could go wrong, and then I'm going to regret it and I'll be exhausted and he'll be exhausted or whatever. Right, that sort of fear hamster wheel that goes in your head before you decide to commit to whatever it is. So. Thank you for that reminder, Billy. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. And I think it's a gift for others to be exposed to our children too, because we all learn from each other. And our kids have amazing gifts to offer. They do. Well, thank you for being here. And thank you for sharing this story. I know so many moms can relate. Well, I hope so. And I hope it it helps them. And it's been wonderful chatting with you. And I, you know, I'm a huge fan of We Are Brave and will continue to support the cause. Thank you so much. Did you know that Brave Together Podcast is an extension of a nonprofit organization called We Are Brave Together? We Are Brave Together is here to combat isolation and compassion fatigue and burnout that moms face by offering support groups, resource groups, retreats, and retreat scholarships. If you have never heard of We Are Brave Together, please go to our website today, wearebravetogether.org. And if you're a mom who is seeking support and sisterhood, please fill out the little pop-up form so that you can be a part of this community. Please check out everything that we are offering on our website today.